Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to episode 22 of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you'll know that we specialise in wedding planning real talk. And this week we're tackling a subject that strikes fear in the hearts of many couples and often their friends and family members too. Wedding speeches. Now, there's no rule to say that you've got to give a speech on your own wedding day, but even if you've decided not to speak, you're not really off the hook because you've got to decide whether you're having speeches at all, who's going to give them and how to make them fit in with the flow and vibe of your day. But don't worry, because we're going to be covering all of this in today's episode, as well as dishing out tips for how to give an incredible wedding speech. Claire, have you ever given a wedding speech? Yes, I did a thank you speech at my own and I've given two bridesmaid speeches. Oh, wow. And did you do like the whole sit down and labour over them on a piece of paper? Yeah. Yeah. Um, For my sister's wedding, I incorporated some Greek. <gasps> I mean, we should say my brother and I was Greek. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> cultural appropriation. <laughs> no. Yeah, my only experience with speeches is when I emcee the speeches at your wedding. Mm. Um, you did a great job. And then at the end, I told a little anecdote. Um, she roasted me. I roasted her. Basically, everyone was really too complimentary of Claire and her husband, Marco. Uh, so at the end, I decided, you know, she can't get away that easy. She needs a bit of a slagging. Yeah. But that was good because I didn't prepare in advance. But mm -hmm. I empathize with the people who are like oh I'm supposed to be speaking for 20 full minutes and I have to write this all down one of them I got a bit emotional in so I learned for the second one to rein it in yeah sometimes you have to do a bit of emotional numbing to mm -hmm. get through something like that and we'll talk about all of this in the episode one fab day expert wedding tips here on the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, we love nothing more than sharing a nugget of wedding-related wisdom that we've picked up over the years in the hope that it'll make your best day ever even better. Selena, you've chosen this week's tip. So this week's tip, perhaps controversial, but I don't care. Um, so my tip this week is set an established dress code. And by that, I mean a dress code that you can Google. Mm. Uh, we have uh, quite a comprehensive post on the site which is a guide to dress codes. There's probably about 15 in there. And I feel like no matter what kind of wedding you're having, you can find a dress code in there that fits your yes. wedding. Now, I know a lot of people like to do something like colourful and creative as the dress code or like purple and pearls or whatever. And... So Please I, don't make me wear purple pearls. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, maybe someone will one day. I'm not adverse to those at all, but I just feel like from the couple's perspective, it is much easier to pick an established one yeah. because if the guests can Google it, they're probably less likely to come to you going, oh, I'm just not sure. Does that mean tie? Does that mean high heels? Yeah, because we, even among our friends, get a lot of questions of like, what does black tie optional mean? And it's nice to be able to just send them a link and be like, this is exactly what it is. Yeah, and I would say... Even if you're completely disregarding my piece of advice and you're having one of those slightly wackier dress codes, you should always have 
a line or two prepared that defines your dress code in very layman's terms, mm. black and white. If there's a tie involved, if there's a three-piece suit, if there's tails, if there's full cocktail dress, full-length gown. Yeah, so that if you get further questions after the invites have gone out or after people have seen the wedding website, that you can easily just go, oh, I have a paragraph prepared for this and send it on to them because people will wonder what is going on now some of them might not ask and just hope for the best which isn't ideal either mm-hmm. uh, but you'll definitely get a few people who ask you questions about the dress code yeah it'll definitely save a lot of stress among your guests too the one fab day wedding podcast it's time to dive into our main topic this week which i have to say is a bit of a divisive one more often than not when you mention wedding speeches the reaction is a bit of a groan or an eye roll even They have the reputation of being this long, arduous part of the wedding day that no one enjoys and the speech giver dreads. But in most cases, this couldn't be further from the truth. They actually are and always will be my favourite part of a wedding. Wedding speeches provide a really rare chance to have all your favourite people say nice things and share memories about you, which is such a lovely and special thing. But of course, there are a number of ways in which they can go wrong, which we'll also be covering in our chat. But we should start by saying, like most elements of your wedding day, wedding speeches are totally optional. If you're on the fence about having them, we've prepared a handy pros and cons list. So I'm going to take the cons. And I have to say there aren't that many cons, but we want to like make sure that anyone feels like they don't have to do this. It's an optional part of the day. Mm. So in terms of cons, I would say they take up a significant chunk of the day. Now, they don't have to, but they tend to. Yeah. And... That might be fine if you're having a wedding weekend, but if you're having a city wedding, it starts at half four. You have to factor in the amount of time they take up. They can also be a source of stress because not all speech givers want to be speech givers and are comfortable giving one. Um, And for some couples, we've heard them say that they feel sort of unnecessarily formal and unnatural. Um, So often couples just don't enjoy them and they just don't, it doesn't feel like an authentic part of the day to them. Yeah, and that's totally fair enough. In terms of the pros, my favourite part of the speeches at our wedding was everyone just said nice things about me and that was very lovely. Lots of compliments. Yes, it's basically a giant ego boost. It's a good way to get your friends and family involved as well because obviously you can have people beyond just your wedding party so it's a nice way to get a few people involved. It's an easy way to thank everyone so a lot of couples will factor in some element of thanking everyone who's helped them in the day in their speech so that's a handy element to have entertaining for the guests because it does kind of create a bit of a focal point in the day when everyone's united and looking at something so they're definitely worthwhile for having that moment parents and certain wedding party members will have their hearts set on giving one so Particularly maybe a best man might be a bit put out if you ask him not to speak. Yeah, we don't recommend, obviously, tailoring your whole wedding to one or two people. But Mm -hmm. I do think there is a thing, especially with fathers of the bride or groom or whatever, they might have thought about giving the speech their whole life. So that's worth factoring in at least considering. Yeah, definitely. And finally, it's one of the few elements that are totally personal to the couple getting married. So obviously, like, you might have a first dance or your ceremony may be personalised depending on what kind of ceremony you're having. But the speeches are the moment that are entirely about you and about your day and everyone in the room. And so if you're looking for ways to personalise your day, speeches are a bit of a no-brainer. And if you have any guests in attendance who maybe don't know you or your new spouse super well, it's Mm. a great way to get to know more about you or to know more about a different side of you they didn't see before. I love that. That's one of my favourite things. If you're at a wedding and the dad tells some like gas stories about 
his daughter's childhood and you get a really nice sense of it whereas you might not have ever known that and that is a huge point of even having a wedding is to kind of bring all these people together and all these stories and all these elements of your life together and speeches is kind of a focal point for that in your day. It's great because often those stories that like the dad or like the childhood friend or the college friend tells are the kind of thing that the person would never tell themselves Mm. because from their perspective, it didn't happen or they just want to make themselves look good. So you get some like real juicy nuggets in the speeches. Yeah, like my aunties had never heard about how I hooked up with Marco, but Selena made sure they did. <laughs> of course, I told everyone about it and Claire ended up having to scream, we just kissed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is my favourite. for that. <laughs> Listen, so, someone had to roast you. <laughs> so I guess we should start by going through some of the functions of a wedding speech just in case people are like why should I even have them yeah they serve a purpose yeah they do many purposes actually as we'll see so obviously thank yous like you mentioned Claire they're a great chance to do housekeeping bits that might the come up the bus is coming at 1am exactly yeah. or like can someone move their Toyota Corolla or whatever <laughs> making the couple feel celebrated yeah it's definitely the moment of the wedding when you feel the love in the room and I think without them a wedding might feel a little bit sterile or just a little bit less personalised I have heard people say like a friend of mine who is a bride she said that the speech that her dad gave on her wedding day was the moment of her wedding that had always to her been iconic before the wedding like that was the moment Mm. that she'd always look forward to before she was even engaged before Mm. she'd even met her other half so in that way you know they can have a lot of meaning they can also make the guests feel welcome so it's a nice way of shouting out to the people who've come from abroad and just kind of bringing everyone together and it gets people mingling as well I think because it just sets a new tone in the room like if Mm. you've all come into a big giant beautiful room and you're all sitting down at dinner you might not necessarily get chatting with everyone on the table beside you yeah but if suddenly there's this unifying element and there's a lot of jokes and merrymaking happening, yeah, it can help yeah, push you along. Yeah, in the room, everyone has an in-joke, which is kind of nice when people don't know each other. It's also entertaining. Like, the speeches are a bit of a show. If yeah. you have the right people speaking. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not someone who's like, oh, you have to be a stand-up comedian to give a wedding speech, and you absolutely don't. But as we've said before, a wedding is the best audience anyone will ever have. Mm. If you're giving a speech, unless you absolutely like lose the run of yourself, everyone will be really supportive and everyone will be delighted and everyone will laugh at your jokes. So it's great uh, for the rest of the day and even for the rest of your life. You might meet new friends through giving a wedding speech. Yeah. Everyone will know you. Even after your wedding, Claire, I had people who I didn't know at your wedding later be like, oh, you're the girl who gave the speech at our friend's wedding or whatever. And it's a nice kind of way to, you know, connect with other people. Celebrify yourself. Well, that's what it was for me. I know. (laughs) Um, It's also a nice moment to pay tribute to the people that have helped you and particularly your parents and your family. I think it's definitely a moment when you can really, really like go deep Mm. and get candid in a way that you don't necessarily in your general interactions with your parents. Oh, definitely. Like, I don't think I could face saying to my mom, like, hey, this is how much you mean to me. But in a speech, it somehow seems acceptable. Yeah, you can get really gushy. Yeah, you really can. And it's great to give them a shout out to any people who like helped raise you and helped you become the person who you are. 
Yes. Likewise, it's a moment to pay tribute to people who've passed away. So we've talked before about how to deal with bereavement and weddings and how to kind of pay homage to the people that you want on the day. And the speech is a perfect moment for that. Mm. And it's also a good time to shout out to people who couldn't make it, who maybe have sent cards with messages um, and to make them feel remembered and to remember them, you know, because the couple might be missing them on the day. So it's Mm -hmm. nice to have them included some way. Absolutely. There are, though, if you absolutely hate the idea of having speeches or they strike the fear in you, there are a few alternatives. You can always just have a toast. Yeah, you can ask someone to lead a toast. It's really simple. You can just say to them, listen, no faff, just lead us on in a speech. And it serves some of those purposes of having a unifying moment. Yeah, absolutely. You could also just do the thank you. So a lot of couples will do that where they'll get up and just do a list of thank yous and not get into the whole deep and meaningful about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's no need to worry about people being disappointed if there are no speeches because, look, they'll get over it. There are drinks, there's dancing, there's lots of other things to be getting on with. There sure are. You can also use signage if there's certain messages or thank yous that you want to communicate. Signage has become a huge trend in wedding decor and it's a handy way to communicate that the bus is coming at 11 or that there's a photo booth that way or that you really want to thank everyone who baked something for the cake table yeah exactly and another thing that we've seen in a couple of real weddings is where they didn't have speeches per se but they had kind of an open mic sort of show which sounds really high pressured but really it's just all their friends and family doing their party piece yeah like a bit of a variety show a bit of a variety show seen a few of these in the last year so they're definitely becoming more popular yeah i mean you'd need someone to kind of take charge of organizing it and setting it up but it could be quite fun and if the whole like grand dramatic gesture of a gushy speech isn't sitting well with you but you'd like a bit of a hoolie this could work so we wanted to give you some options and ideas for ways to shake up your wedding speeches if the traditional uh, format isn't for you now we should say the traditional wedding speech format as far as i can tell generally speaking worldwide is multiple people speak either before the meal or just after the meal yeah And I know in some countries they have speeches at a rehearsal dinner the night before, which takes care of like half of the speeches. Mm -hmm. But generally, that's the traditional route. Yeah, and it tends to be the kind of stereotypical people that speak are the groom, the best man, the father of the bride, maybe the father of the groom and maybe the bridesmaid. Yeah. Yeah. So here are a few ways if you want to shake things up. So one of the ways is if the couple give a joint wedding speech. Now, we've seen these in a lot of real weddings and I think it's really sweet, especially if the couple feel pressured to speak, but they're a bit nervous about it, but they kind of want to do it and they kind of want to push themselves a little bit. Doing it like a two-hander is really nice because it is less pressure for both of you, but knowing that it's less pressure, the audience or the guests feel instantly more at ease. Yes, definitely. And I think a lot of times the traditional groom speech is mainly just a list of thank yous anyway Mm. and then something really sweet and gushy about the bride so you can obviously say something lovely about each other and then do your list of thank yous and the general admin of it and you can still incorporate what you might in a traditional groom speech but at least you're both included so it's a nice way to start off married life a general point to note is that what you want to achieve with your wedding speeches is that the guests are at ease Mm. and if you can set your speeches up in a way that you are relaxed or the speech giver is relaxed then other people will automatically relax so anything you can do to that effect is a win yeah definitely another favorite of mine because i had it at my own wedding is open mic speeches so this does require choosing a host or an mc or maybe two 
and then you open it to the floor so you can still have some plants um, a few people that you know want to speak but it's a really nice way of inviting other people that mightn't be in the traditional wedding party to speak as well yeah like at your wedding we had like your childhood friend gave a speech and she probably wouldn't have otherwise because you didn't have bridesmaids so s- stuff like that was really nice yeah um we should mention a few tips for this one so pick a confident friend to host or yeah. two i actually think two works better yeah because they can kind of double team yeah i also to note the microphones and this goes as well for if you're doing a couple speech to make mm. sure you have two microphones so that yeah. they can be being swapped around at any given Don't time take it for granted that your venue will sort that ask and make sure yes and set a time limit for all speeches i would say but if you have an mc situation definitely set a time limit i like 45 minutes i think that's a good general one yeah that sounds like a lot but believe me i've been a it lot does of weddings. fly by um I think you have to be way stricter with the time limit if it's before dinner. Yes, true, because people are starving. And I would actually say that the limit for a speech should be about five minutes. Mm. Again, that sounds short. People probably will go over it. But I think for anyone to speak solidly for five minutes who's not like a professional speech giver or stand-up yeah. comedian is actually really hard. We waffle on for at least half an hour a week and it's really tough. It <laughs> is. We go home on <laughs> after recording and I'm telling you, I'm spent. Yeah. Um, silent on the Lewis house. <laughs> yeah, just we are in complete silence then for the rest of the day. Uh, another thing I would say as well, if you're having open mic style, is make sure your MCs prepare a few jokes and stories, which is what we did for your wedding, Claire. And it just meant that if there was a lull, which there wasn't, that we had a few, you know, things up our sleeve that we could pull yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next idea we've seen more and more of, and I really like, is changing up the location of the speeches. So in the last year in particular, I think because we had a nice summer last year, mm. there were a lot of outdoor speeches, which is a really nice way of informalizing it, having it during the drinks reception when people are gathered anyway. But it's a lot less of like sitting at your table, you're either starving or waiting to be served or you're in a bit of a food coma and yeah. you're not really listening. So it's a nice way of getting it close enough after the ceremony where people are still really engaged in the romance of the event and will be listening and have a drink in their hand and eating some kind of pace. Yeah, we see stairs a lot. If you have a, like a country house that has like a beautiful staircase, that's a popular one. Don't underestimate how much standing can actually affect the formality of an occasion. So yeah. if you have your speeches and you're standing, the speech givers are standing and the guests are standing, that will automatically make them more informal. Yeah, and it helps them go a little bit faster as well. People aren't going to leave everyone standing for too long. Exactly, because they're going to get to the point where they want a seat. Um, Some tips for this one is consider a PA if you might think that it's a very intimate situation when you're giving the speech, but actually the person at the back can't hear. So you need to make sure everyone in the room will be able to hear you and have a microphone if required. Nothing more cringe than giving a speech and having to scream it because yeah. someone's granny can't hear you. As a general rule of thumb, if there's more than 40 guests, you need a microphone. Yeah, and make sure to confer with your venue about the suitability of a space for the speeches. Now, one of the reasons why I love changing up the location is because a lot of people who go for, let's say, the country house or castles type venue... There are so many beautiful spaces in the Mm -hmm. venue and they don't all get used. And this is a chance to use a third one as well as, let's say, ceremony and reception. But just make sure you confer with the venue because they might have different rules and restrictions for different rooms. I'd also strongly advise arranging a few seats. You don't want to leave your granny standing for an hour during the speeches. Yeah, true that. So 
the next one is the one I would say, Claire, we're possibly most passionate about. Yes. We'll try not to get too um, excited about this one. But it's <laughs> to change up the speech givers. So traditionally, as you said, Claire, it's been father of the bride, father of the groom, best man, maid of honour, groom. There's a lot of men in that list, Selena. There's only one woman in that list, Claire, And that to me is not a quality. And often a maid of honour doesn't even speak. True. Yeah. I mean, if you have a bridesmaid or maid of honour who doesn't want to speak and then suddenly you've got an all male speech giving yes. thing. Not here for it, personally. Um, So I would say the tip here is to think about equal representation of male and female speech givers. very rare we see mams talking and we like to see more mothers. We had one in a wedding this week and it brought me so much joy to Mm. see the mam standing there with the mic and a piece of paper in hand because really you know that this woman, you know, put so much of her love and time and effort and money into raising (laughs) this person. So, I mean, of course she should get a chance to speak if she wants. Yeah. We're not saying push people into speaking who... don't bully your mother. (laughs) Don't bully your mom into speaking if she doesn't want to. But definitely it's worth just suggesting it because a lot of these wedding traditions that we see, it's not because everyone in weddings is a giant sexist. It's because they just happen and over and over again throughout generations, people assume that it's going to be the men who are speaking. Mm -hmm. So just open it up, suggest it to the women in your life. Don't be too pushy, but maybe suggest it two or three times and see how they react. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay as well to reach out beyond your wedding party and your family. Um, So you can just ask friends. Absolutely. Cousins, aunts and uncles. Whoever you think might give a really nice speech or who you think might want to speak. I'm going to put myself out there for anyone who I know is wedding that I will give a speech if you want. That's lovely, Selena. Yeah. Uh, so there are people like myself who are like that'd be fun I'd enjoy that and then there are people who are like absolutely not I don't want to do it so it's about gauging that it's the same really as when we have a wedding party conversation like the person who you think might have to give a speech like the father of the groom for example might be the one person in the room who wants to give a speech the least Mm. so you have to take that into account and if you have a friend who's like just hilarious and you'd love to hear their point of view absolutely ask them changing up the timeline is another good way to shake it up so that's either when you have all the speeches or the fact that you scattered the speeches throughout the day. Yeah, we see a lot of this in modern weddings. So as we mentioned, rehearsal dinner, if you're having one, this is becoming somewhat more popular Mm -hmm. in Ireland and the UK. Yes. Traditionally popular in America and Australia too, I think. So other times you can have a few words at the drinks reception before the ceremony. I really like that one because it kind of takes away the formality of the ceremony and it kind of breaks the ice a bit beforehand. And the time we were at a wedding where that happened, I got to bring my drink to the ceremony, which was thrilling for me. And that was a hilarious speech where the groom's dad put in a massive innuendo and didn't realise it and everyone in the audience did. I thought it was an innuendo on purpose and I was like, Jesus, he's getting started early with like, you know, the double entendres, but it was a single entendre he didn't realise was a double Mm -hmm. entendre. But we're still talking about it. It was a great moment. Uh, You could also do drinks reception after the ceremony as well. And as you said, pepper them throughout the day, which is great for battling wedding speech fatigue, I think. Yes, and especially if maybe you have a large family or a large wedding party of good few people who want to speak. Or you're a bit nervous about it being too formal. If you know that maybe the dads are going to give very formal speeches, mm. it might be nice to spread them out throughout the day. Or if someone is giving a speech and they really want to, but they're really nervous, yeah. it's nice to say, well, do you want to do it actually right after the ceremony? Because then yeah. you can relax for the day. 
what I would advise if you do something a bit alternative with the time of the speeches is to maybe have a printed timeline on display on the day so people yeah. know when they're coming and they don't go off to the loo or, you know, go off and take a phone call and miss it all. Yeah, likewise, if you have someone kind of round everyone up when you're about to do them so that no one's off. And consider their stomachs as always. Always provide extra canapes if you're delaying the start of the meal. Yeah, because we've all heard of two hour speeches. So another way to shake things up is to include wedding table games. I love these. Now, we've heard of actually a few weddings where instead of speeches altogether, they did a table quiz of like, how much do you know about the couple? Which sounds hilarious. Yeah, I'd be totally into that. And then it, it serves the purpose of like letting everyone know the childhood anecdotes without having to formalize it with speeches. I mean, I feel like it would be big enough job for the person who's doing it but if you have a wedding party member who wants to do it Mm -hmm. and who is up for it you know let them do all the work and you reap the benefits wedding speech bingo is a popular one we have a download on the site for that yeah so you can download it and just print it off you don't have to worry about any of that organizing basically every time anyone says raise the glass or doesn't she look lovely you take it off in your bingo card or drink if you dare to turn it into a drinking game i'm all about that uh, obviously, we have speech bedding as well. Yes, Paddy Power actually have a wedding sweepstakes kit on their site that you can download, which is kind of cool. Yeah, for a lot of these, if you Google them, you'll find lots of like yeah. handy downloadables. You can always nick some little pens, pencils from the bookies or IKEA. Or your next golfing trip. Sure. <laughs> We've seen as well at some weddings where they do sort of a variation on the Mr. and Mrs. quiz. The yes. thing with the shoe. Yes, I think that's big in America. Yeah. You each take one of each of your shoes. Yes. And then you hold up your other half's shoe if it's them and your shoe if it's you. So I would say, who's the messiest? And if you think it's you, you hold up your shoe. Yes. It sounds more complicated than it is. Yes. Uh, but again, if you are a bit worried about the speeches being a bit dull or you don't have that many people who want to give them, that's a way you could shake things up or make things a bit quirky. And the last one I've had at a few weddings I've been to, which is just pass a glass of cash every time they say a common word. Generally, it's thank you. And you all put money in a glass and then you keep passing it around the table. And then whenever the last thank you is said, that person gets the glass of cash. And it goes without saying that what you do with the cash is buy around for the table. Well, my my sister-in-law was at a wedding recently and the person at the table that won pocketed the cash. Oh my God. Can we just say that that is not acceptable behavior during pass the cash? Can you imagine? I'm appalled. Yeah. Buy everyone a drink. Just go straight to the bar with cash, please. Another way you can do an alternate take on the speeches is to plan a surprise performance. So we've seen this in a few row weddings as well. Yeah, so sometimes they might get a talented pal to do a song Mm -hmm. or a party piece. Yeah, or they might hire someone if they're like dying to get, you know, a magician to their big day or a dance troupe. We've seen singing waiters as well. Singing waiters, yeah. Irish dance groups are quite popular here. You could have something like Sing Along Social, which we're big fans of. Yeah, it's a um, low commitment choir based here in Ireland where everyone basically does karaoke, but we all sing along at the same time. Yeah. Which is really fun. And this isn't really a performance, but it didn't fit in anywhere else. And I want to stick it in is sometimes it could be nice to arrange a video message from someone who's maybe abroad and can't make the wedding. Yeah. Obviously, you could do that and just play it for the person while they're getting ready on the morning or whatever. But I've been to a few weddings where they've had them and they've kind of almost given a speech and it's been so amazing. And I've been really glad they played them for all of us because it was really heartfelt and sweet. Yeah. So that's an option as well. Yeah. Obviously, there might be certain VA requirements for that to make sure you do your preparations in advance. Now we get on to some tips if you're the one making the speech. Yes. Claire, you don't sound convinced. I've already got 
something in the pit of my stomach. <laughs> so I suppose we should talk about what makes a good wedding speech. Mm. And I was having a think about the best and worst wedding speeches that I've encountered in person. And I think what came up that is interesting is that the very best wedding speech that I ever witnessed, which was Oshin's cousin's wedding and the bridesmaid or maid of honour gave the best speech ever, it's telling that I can't really remember much about it because it you remember wasn't... remember how it made you feel. I remember how it made me feel. It was so sweet. She talked about all of these like subtle ways that the bride was really unique and kind throughout her life. They'd known each other for ages, which was a big thing. Mm. And I was really engaged. I wasn't like looking at the watch, looking at the phone. I was really into it. It was funny, but it wasn't too funny. It wasn't like laugh a minute. It was perfect. And I actually at the time was like I need to write this down for Mm. the next time I need to give a speech but I didn't because it was so engaging that I couldn't look away it was amazing the best ones that I've encountered I often really like the dad's ones Mm. um, when they're just really really sweet and heartfelt and you can just tell they just like adore their children Um, a dad that's choking up oh I can't cope I can't cope another great one was a wedding we were both at when the MC of the speeches played videos from his and the groom's childhood yes. which were really funny and so that was really nice and it kind of brought everyone in even if you didn't know the groom well or had only known him in adulthood he got a good sense of him and I had heard about these videos that he had made as a kid with his pals they used to make movies together when they were really young I'd heard about them throughout my friendship with this guy but I'd never gotten to see them Mm -hmm. so that was a really fun touch Um, in terms of the worst wedding speech now I have to say I've gotten off quite lightly I've never been at a wedding where there was like a terrible offensive speech no but one that sticks out in my mind is a wedding where the father of the bride spoke And he just obviously didn't have anything prepared and he was obviously quite uncomfortable and he kept kind of going around in the same circle of and doesn't she look great? And then he would kind of ramble off again and then he would go. And I mean, really, she looks great though, doesn't she? (laughs) And it wasn't even the fact that he was a little bit messy with his speech because that was kind of endearing. It was more that I felt a bit offended that he had said all these nice things about the groom and what a great person he was and all he could find to say about his own daughter was how beautiful she was. Oh, yeah. And as much as, I mean, she was absolutely beautiful on the day, don't get me wrong. Um, But I feel like he maybe just tripped himself up. Yeah. Uh, maybe didn't prepare. That's why that one didn't sit well with me. Yeah, the only bad one I remember, and even it wasn't bad, just included a few like odd sly digs that didn't sit comfortably. So yeah, I I can't be doing them. I can't be doing with a sly dig. No, it's not the time for a sly dig. Yeah, and then friends of ours told us about a wedding they were at recently where um, one of the groomsmen kind of just slagged off an element of the groom's looks that he was really sensitive about which isn't nice either so yeah I think it's just about kindness generally yeah be kind guys preparation we should mention as well that one did you see that episode of Graham Norton where there was someone in the red chair who said he was actually Irish and he said yeah he was at a wedding where the groom stood up and said everyone will you please stand up and we're going to play a game we're going to play a game and the groom said um, turn over your plates and anyone who has a red dot on their plate must stay standing and so everyone kind of arranged themselves and then they're like turning up. red at the thought of this oh Claire <laughs> you hold on until the story is done so there were eight men left standing and the groom said 
All of these men have slept with my wife since we've been engaged. I'm getting an annulment. And then stormed out of the wedding reception. I mean, it's a way to go out in style. I have to say, as wedding speeches go, it was quite well constructed. It was memorable, very in- impactful. Mm-hmm. But I can't even imagine the cringe in the room. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say the poor bride, but also not really. Also can't be, can't be uh, It's more like the groom's poor family. It's a unique situation that mm-hmm. I'm sure none of you guys will be in. No, maybe just don't do that. Uh, <laughs> you'll be okay. Maybe just be faithful and then everything will go smoothly. Yes. But yeah, the general elements that make a good speech, I guess, are concise. Yeah. To the point. And concise. Which we're not being when we talk about it. We're speeches. not. It's a big topic. Yeah. Uh, I say concise more than short because it doesn't mm. necessarily need to be, you know, one minute, 30 seconds. But I suppose that it's not rambling. No. Is a big one. Um, that it's inclusive so that yes. everyone feels like they can enjoy the speech and it's not just focusing on one element that no one else in the room knows about. Yes. And that, of course, it doesn't offend. Ideal. Heartfelt. So I think, yeah, the uh, speech is a perfect time to get really candid and to speak from the heart. And so when you're preparing your speech, I think you should really like tap into that and be as open and generous with what you're saying as Mm. you can be. Yeah. And in general as well, I think keep things light. Obviously, it's fair to discuss serious matters like if someone's passed away or to get really intense when you're talking about your love for the person but in general to keep things light because it is a party after all ideally funny ideally funny I would say my rule of thumb is start with a joke but also there's no need for it to be a comedy routine no Selena has put together a really handy feature that's just one liners to open a wedding speech so if you're stuck have a look for that on the site yeah it's actually I have to say it's really helpful because it's a list of jokes and none of them are offensive to anyone. Correct me if I'm wrong. And they're all very general and they're the yes. kind of joke that everyone can get on board with. Almost yeah. like the joke you get in a Christmas cracker. Nice. They're just icebreakers that are, you know, general use. Yeah. Goes without saying, don't make sexist jokes. Yeah, we have four topics that we strongly feel like should be off limits in mm-hmm. wedding speeches. So it's money, sex, politics and religion. Yes. If you're a very, very skilled comedian, you can make those things funny and you can get away with like a gas joke. Yeah. But 99% of people are not very skilled comedians. If you're not sure, stick away from them. Yeah, absolutely. Other tips we should give. So make eye contact when you're speaking is an important one. Um, because again, that's for the comfortableness of the guests. I think that makes them feel more at ease and it lets the guests know that you're comfortable giving the speech as well. Starting with a joke, as we mentioned, is definitely a plus. And again, it's all about like setting the right tone and putting people at ease. So I guess what we should do now is just do a quick fire round of some very important tips. Our top tips, if yeah. you will, for giving a wedding speech. Mm. So make eye contact Goes with the guests. Saying. Yeah. Put them at ease. Put them at ease. Very important. Start with a joke, as we mentioned before. But remember, it doesn't need to be a laugh a minute. No, don't be drunk. Yeah, that's crucial. If you need to, have a sober buddy who keeps you sober until the speech. Oh, I thought you were going to say, if you need to have a snifter. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Oh, also if you need to have a snifter, yeah. (laughs) Just don't be drunk. Don't be like, you know, disorderly, let's say. Yes. Use notes without having your head in them for the entire speeches, but definitely have some preparations that include the thank yous, the intro joke and your exit toast. Uh, I would say keep your notes on 
physical paper rather than on a phone or an iPad. I'm absolutely here for this one. This is a bugbear yours, Claire. Mm-hmm. Practice in front of a friend. Now, I prefer this to practicing in front of a mirror. I think if you get your friend kind of even slightly snickering, you know, you're on to a good thing. Yes, that's a good tip. Don't offend anybody. As we said, we have our quartet of rules not to speak of. Mm-hmm. But also this goes to just the wider thing. Like, don't slag people off. <laughs> yeah. Don't do any like really racy jokes or yeah. um, questionable jokes mm-hmm. about the couple. In that vein, lay off the in-jokes because not everyone in the room gets them. No, and it can definitely exclude people if they're new to the group of people in the room. Yeah, we weren't all there that day in college. Just remember no. that. Read the room, which also falls under this. So like ditch a story. If it's not landing, just like wrap it up and move on. Yeah, don't be afraid to edit as you go as long as you're ditching things and not adding things. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend adding things. Yeah. Um, some tips for keeping nerves at bay. So like I would say on your notes, write in big letters, take a deep breath. And maybe also slow down. And slow down because that will automatically make your speech better. Uh, make sure you have some water. Again, if you need to have a snifter, some rescue remedy, do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. And finally have an exit strategy. So something like let's raise a glass to... X and Y Mm -hmm. so that you have a way to wrap it up and end it in style without rambling on and then being like oh I don't know how to finish yeah it's very important to have that prepared Mm -hmm. and I think that's a perfect place to end our conversation about wedding speeches hopefully we haven't offended anyone on the topics of (laughs) sex money religion or politics fingers crossed but yeah happy speech making one fab day listener dilemmas We've reached the part of the show where we tackle one of your wedding-related queries or quandaries. Now, this week, Claire has chosen a dilemma for us to discuss. I have. So this one was emailed in and the bride writes, I have been dating my boyfriend for 11 years and we are very happy. He is the best. We are planning on getting engaged at Christmas, but we will be picking out our rings in October. We're both very excited. However, both my parents have strongly voiced that they don't like us as a couple. I would love to have a traditional wedding with a large reception, but I'm afraid my parents will dampen the lead up engagement and the wedding. We live in a small village, so we see them all the time. Because of this potential drama, we are contemplating an elopement. In your opinion, do you think we would regret eloping or should we deal with our parents and have our traditional wedding? First of all, I love their like modern vibe with their like, we're going to get engaged and then we're going to do rings. I love how planned out they are. Yeah. It's it's nice. It adds to the excitement. Yeah. Um, this is so tough. Like, how how would you deal? Like, you just... I feel so lucky that I really, really get on with my other half's parents because it must yeah. be so hard, especially around wedding planning. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not fair that the parents have put this and kind of soured the time that should be really happy and exciting. Mm. I guess first question is, would we regret eloping? I don't think so. I don't think so because I think you can apply the rule of have as many parties as you want to this. So like you can elope and then if it's something you're comfortable with, you could have a night in a pub that's sort of a bit like an engagement party feel for your friends or if you wanted to try, you know, you could have a family dinner where you're like, listen, I can handle a family dinner. I can't handle a full wedding weekend Mm. with parents, but I can handle two hours. And it's less of an event that invites other people's opinions. Yeah. And financial contribution. And you don't need to give them details. So you can just be like, oh, we're going to have a little celebratory dinner on the 25th or yeah. whatever. And they're not going to be like, what's the dress? What's been served for cake or whatever? Yeah, I do think that eloping can be 
a really, really lovely way to mark your marriage. And I haven't actually heard of many people regretting it. No. Obviously, it's something that requires a lot of thought. And you have to really think through the day and think through your emotions on the day and your emotions afterwards. Yeah. But I do think it could be really, really fun and so lovely. And if it means that you bypass all that negativity, why not? Yeah, I think try and tap into your gut instinct to figure out if an elopement is right for you. And ideally, you would be considering an elopement because you're really excited by the idea of just you and your partner and Mm. starting the day together and ending it together and getting to do exactly what you want and not consider anyone else's feelings. So it's tricky when you're considering it because you're just trying to avoid people. That's not the ideal scenario for an elopement either. Because you say, I'd love a traditional wedding with a large reception. That sounds like that's your number one. And everyone deserves to have their number one. Mm. But again, if you're going to be so stressed that you don't enjoy it, there's no point. Yeah. So I don't know how helpful it would be. I don't know how to... It's really hard and you just have to go with your gut, I think. Yeah. And I think whichever way you do it, I think it will work out. If you do go for a big wedding keep details to a minimum and try and just keep your head down and maybe even if possible have a short wedding planning period yes. so that it doesn't end up being two years of conflict with the parents. If you're six months out from your engagement you could start making arrangements now and that means that you won't have too long to wait for your wedding day. Surprise wedding? Surprise wedding's a good idea. Also and I know this is extreme and it totally depends on your relationship but you don't have to have your parents at your wedding day if they're not going to make you comfortable. Mm. And I know that's like a big deal for a lot of people, but if they don't like you and your other half together, then you might have a more enjoyable day without them there. This is a tricky one, but hopefully we've given you some ideas. I, Fester Adam, do hereby declare my unending love. (laughs) Ditto. I will worship you forever. Now for something... That's not your wedding. Believe it or not, it is possible to devote too much time to planning your wedding, which is why we like to suggest fun ways to take your mind off the big day, if only for an hour or two each week. Selena, it's your turn to share a recommendation. So my recommendation is the Song Association game, which you'll find on YouTube on Elle's YouTube channel. They do it with celebrities like Ariana Grande, Kelly Rowland, etc. To sum it up, it's you give me a word. Baby. And I have 10 seconds <laughs> to sing a song with that word in it. So, baby, baby, baby. Oh, go. Do I have to think of a song? No, you have to think of a word. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, woman. You make me feel like a natural woman. Money. Money, 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 money. You've prepared for money. this. Selena. Would you like to try? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you wouldn't want to try. Uh, but the reason I like this uh, recommendation is because around your wedding, you're going to see venues. You're doing a lot of long car journeys. Yes. It's a great one for car journeys or for if you're going for long walks. It's just really handy to have a thing to pull out of your pocket when you're like, I'm up to here with the wedding chat. Yeah. And it can actually be quite hard to take your mind off wedding planning. And sometimes watching a TV show isn't enough, but something that engages your memory Mm. for some reason works for me. So maybe it'll work for you too. Good tip. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. That's it for another episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you've got anything to add to the conversation or would like to send a dilemma our way, please do. You can drop us an email at hello at onefabday.com or hit us up on social. We're at One Fab Day on all the major social channels. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please let us know by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or by recommending the show to a friend. We're really enjoying watching our listenership grow. So we have to say a huge thank you to everyone who's helped us spread the word so far. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You're legends. Uh, and don't forget to head over to onefabday.com after you finish listening to this episode. Claire and I post new features every single day. And if you like the show, we know you'll love them too. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.